morning, good morning. You guys doing all right this morning? I know it's been a while, so you might need to put your translation ears on. I promise you, I'm not speaking tongues also here. It's fully English. But if I can't find the word in English, don't blame me if there's another language that jumps right in there. In, in college, my roommate used to look at me strangely every time I was on the phone with my mom. Because I could mix the Swahili, the English, and my tribal language. It just depended on whatever came quickest. And he was sitting there looking at me like, what did you just say for like the last 25 minutes? And he was just staring at me for 25 minutes. I said, dude, that's so weird, man. Why are you going to stare at me for 25 minutes? He goes, I was just trying to figure out what you were saying. It sounded like English, but there was something else in there. I go hear pizza, and then I will hear, you know, mocha, and I will hear something else, and I'll be like, what in the world is he talking about? So, it might happen. But, the, so the first thing I'd like to do is just open up a prayer, amen? We're just so thankful for you, Father, because you're a good Father. You're such a good Father. Thank you for being the father to the fatherless. And continuously showing your faithfulness. We thank you, Jesus, for you laying down your life that we may have life. That we may be made anew in you. That when we become sons and daughters of the most high God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that through you we're born again. That we have a new birth, a new growth spiritually. Thank you that you transform us from glory to glory. And we all say, amen, because it's true. It takes us from glory to glory, amen. All right, so I was asking the Lord this week. Normally, that's how the Lord does it with me. You know, I knew that I was supposed to preach somewhere midweek. And I asked the Lord for a word. Guess when the word came? It came right pretty close. It came Saturday morning at 4. I was like, that's a little too close, Lord. And I'm supposed to preach Sunday, and then you're going to give me water for in the morning. I said, but you know, Father, you did a lot better. That was better than the last time. When it was Sunday morning, like right sitting there, then the Lord said, yep, here's the word for you to preach today. So, um, so the word that I had was this, expansion enlarged, okay, expansion and enlarged. And the Holy Spirit took me to Psalms 4.1, I'm going to read that in a little bit. Okay, but I want you to think about those words, expansion, being expanded, being enlarged. And let that just linger in your spirit, let it linger in your soul as I give the word that the Lord has given me for today. So we know in life, right, there's different seasons that we go through life. Okay, King Solomon actually said it in such a way that I don't need to duplicate it. I can just read it. It's a lot simpler, right? 
This is Ecclesiastes 3, and this is what it says, a time for everything. And I'm using the NLT version, okay? I love it. Simple English. It's not muddy like the King James. I love the King James. I'm not dissing the King James, but thou this, thou that. By the time you're reading one verse, it's like 45 minutes later, and you're still going, I don't know what I just read. So I was like, okay, Lord, I need another translation that is simple for the African. So the NLT is what came. All right, it says, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search, a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to quit, I mean to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war. And a time for peace. What do people really get from all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on all of us. Yet, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Okay. Now, that last part is what I want to repeat again. So, yeah, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Okay. From beginning to end. So, Obviously, we are living a really interesting time, right? 2020 was a very roller coaster kind of a year, very unpredictable, okay? Very stretching, sometimes very defeating, sometimes very confusing, sometimes with some clarity, but it was a mixed bag of everything, right? And we all got to experience the whole entire world, like the whole entire world experience. It wasn't just one individual. Everybody went through that season. And obviously, what we're about to come into is another season. But here's what I really feel strongly in my heart, that we definitely are going to go through some difficult times. Okay? But I heard the Holy Spirit say, but take courage. Okay? Take courage. Because there's two things, or there's one thing, same word. He has enlarged us. Oh, he has expanded us. Throughout your life, I feel like there's different seasons where the Lord uses those seasons to enlarge us. Right? Well, it's a seasonal joy, we get enlarged. Seasonal sadness, we get enlarged. Because everything is made beautiful at his own time, right? He makes everything beautiful at his own time.
when we're going through it, okay, especially if it's a time of distress, like 2020 was, okay, you're wondering how did the Lord enlarge me during that season? How did the Lord expand me during that season? I want to go and reflect on King David's, King David's life, okay? So I'm going to read Psalms 4.1, and this is in the Passion Translation. And it says this, God, you are my righteousness, my champion defender. Answer me when I cry for help. Whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. Okay. Whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. I'm being squeezed again. I need your kindness right away. Grant me your grace. Hear my prayer and set me free. But I want to go back and emphasize that one line again. Whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. Okay. This is King David. And he's saying during that season... He noticed that the Lord had enlarged him. It's like the Lord gave him a set of eyes to see what exactly took place. And sometimes it's easy to see. Sometimes it's really difficult to see. Okay. When things are really hard, it's absolutely difficult to see the world clearly. Yes. Because all you see is what in front of you. And all you see is the pain that is being presented in front of you. So in King David's life. I want to go through, I'm not going to read all the verses, okay? There's a whole bunch of it, but I'm not going to read all of it. I was telling uh, Caleb back there, listen, man, I might not cover all of it. I might jump back and forth in the middle, up, down, left, right. So you guys can roll with me as I go with it. All right. So the part that I want to emphasize first is when you think about the battle with Goliath, right? King David and the battle with Goliath. This is even before he was king. Let me just use David. David and Goliath. Okay. Right before that particular moment took place. You got to understand that how he responded was due to like what we just read there in Psalms 4.1. Right. In my distress, you enlarged me. So before he ever got to that part, the Lord was already doing what? Enlarging him. Okay. And I'm going to read these things out. He was enlarging him. So I'm just going to read just the story. Okay. And he says this, this first Psalm 17, 4 through 11. And we can tell in this particular part, Goliath was just, he was behemoth of a human being, right? I mean, every time he showed up, what do the Israelites do? Go tremble and run. Okay, when he describes what he was, what he carried, I'll probably be running too. Okay, David's response was completely against the grain of all the Israelites. Okay. Of all the Israelites, he's the one person that responded completely differently. The one person. I want you to think about that. The one person, the whole of Israel, that responded completely differently. It wasn't, it wasn't the crowd. He didn't go with the crowd. 
As a matter of fact, he had opposition from his own family. Okay? He had opposition from his own family, from his own brothers. Okay? They're like, well, you just come in here because you just want to look at the battle. Okay? You, you ain't no good, man. Y'all is all, you know, y'all is getting on my nerves, man. Why are you here? Okay? Why don't you just give us what dad sent you to do and you go back to taking over the sheep thief? You know what I mean? Who's tending to those sheep over there? I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, I mean, if you got siblings, if you, I mean, if you got brothers and sisters, I mean, that's something that you experience, right? You know, y'all is getting on my nerves. Y'all is up in my room all the time. You know, I leave food in the refrigerator. Now there's only half of it. Why y'all is got to eat my food? Well, you here again to cause some trouble? You know, what are you doing on my job? I'm over here trying to fight a war and here you are showing up. You need to go back where you came from. Like, there's all that stuff, right? So, but what I'll do, I'm just going to read, at least so that you can have a nice mental picture of Goliath, okay? It says, then Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistines' ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of Male weighed 125 pounds. Okay. You also wore bronze leg armor. And he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of the spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam. Tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. I can't imagine what that shield looked like. I mean, poor guy, man. I mean, he's just, <laughs> he's poor struggling with that thing. All right. So Goliath stood and shouted at taunt across the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I'm a Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come out here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, we'll be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Okay. So he was a behemoth of a man. And he didn't lack confidence either. Okay. He told us, listen, send me somebody. One person. Let's see what they're going to do. Okay. Now, I'll jump here a little bit. So I want you to think about that part, right? So here's this scene that is happening, unfolding. Here's David on this other end, tending his dad's sheep and goats and whatever, right? He's been doing that for years. He's still a teenager, so I don't know how long, I don't know how old he was when he started, probably when he was a little kid. Because I remember when I was standing with granddad's sheep and goats, I was... I was like in third grade, second grade. Okay, I was a little bitty kid, me and my cousin. So, with so that's the scene. He's over there tending. Okay, he's had all these experiences that I'm gonna read later here, where he killed what lions and what bears and all sorts of stuff. Right? I mean, he was talking about like you know, if he grabs one of the lambs, what does he do? He goes over there, 
grabs it by the mouth, and he clubs it to death. I just want you to think about that. That's in the Bible, by the way. I'm going to read it. I mean, just think about it. You grab a bear. You get some grizzly bears, you know. You send a black bear. I mean, yeah, yeah, you go grab its mouth and just club it to death. Just because it stole your steak during camping. <laughs> you went camping and the bears got your steak, man. I don't club that thing to death. Yeah, good luck. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'll be like, you can have the steak. Yeah, as a matter of fact, have the rest of it. Just don't come back. Okay, so that's what is unfolding, right? He's over there. He's been experiencing all those distressful moments. Okay? Because I guarantee you, if you're home and in your backyard a grizzly bear showed up, you cannot tell me that you will not be in distress. Okay? You've been so much distressed for sure. You just be praying, please go away. I don't know what you need. I don't know why you're here. Okay? And remember what it says in Psalms 4, 1, that he his distress, right? The Lord did what? Enlarge him. Okay, so here he is. Fighting bears, killing lions, taking care of his daddy sheep. He's still a young guy. Okay, he wrote a whole bunch of Psalms, right? And out of those Psalms that I'm, I just read one of them right now, where he testifies of the goodness of the Lord. He testifies of the faithfulness of the Lord. But not only that, he doesn't just cushion it with all this good stuff. He still goes through the process of really communicating. Even in those bad times, he still communicated it. Right? He laid his soul bare so that we may, so that we may see something. Okay? The Holy Spirit wants us to see something. That, that information did not have to be put in the Bible. It was not necessary. But the Holy Spirit was like, you know what? Through his life, I do want to encourage other people. Someone let him write everything and be his soul out. So that when we read it, we can see the timeline of how God works in our lives. Okay, I'm going to leave it there. So... Those two things are happening. He's over there all the time. He's been killing bears. Over on this other side, and the latest thing, he's Goliath the behemoth. Right? And he's taunting the Israelites. He's saying, I need, send me somebody. Please. Now, King David, doesn't have, he has no idea that somebody is summoning him somewhere else. While he's over here tending his sheep, his daddy's sheep, right? He has no idea. And the picture that I want to paint for you is you never know in those times where you're in distress, in those times where you're in difficult hardships. You might not see then, but there is places where the Lord will put you to show you how much he's really expanded you. Okay. Because what is... If you don't know you're being expanded, you have no knowledge of it, how's that going to be even benefit you? You have to have some level of understanding, right? Because when you, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to it. But you have to have some level of understanding of what the Lord has done. So that when you put in a particular situation, your response, whatever is truly in you is what is going to 
come out. Okay? Whatever's in you at that moment is what the Lord is going to pull out. Okay? All right. So, I'm going to go ahead and read this other part. Okay? So, here's David. Who's being sent on a routine job, right? By his dad. And I'm going to read it. Routine job. He wasn't thinking anything else. He was just going, you know what? I'm going to go deliver this stuff that my dad gave me to my brothers. Then I'm going to come back. You cannot tell me that he expected that he was going to be fighting Goliath. I don't think that was something that was in his mind. At all. He was just saying, you know what? Mm, yeah. I've, I've, you know, Paul, that's not the first time he took food to his brothers. So it's for a normal thing. Like, yeah, yeah, sure thing, Dad. I'm going to go over there. Let me drop off the food. And he says, now David, this is 1 Samuel 17, 12 through 25. He says, now David was a son of a man named Jesse. And Ephraim from Bethlehem. Yeah, hopefully I'm looking at the right one. Yep. And he goes on. And he says, you know, from the land of Judah, Jesse was an old man at that time. And he had eight sons, just as three older sons, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shemaiah. Had already joined Saul's army to find the Philistines, but David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israel army, one day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain, these 10 loaves of bread, and carry them quickly to your brothers. Excuse me. And give these, 10 give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how many, see how your brothers are getting along, and bring back a report on how they're doing. David's brothers were with Saul, and the Israel army was at the valley of Elah. Fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israelites and the Philistine forces stood facing each other. Army against army. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, came out from the Philistines' ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israel army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The men asked. He comes out each day to devour Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that one man his daughters for, I mean, his, uh, I lost my place there. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife. And the man's entire family will be expected, I mean, will be exempted from taxes. That's a good day, isn't it? Who, who, who would not want to be exempted from taxes? I'd be like, yeah, I need to find a way to get in this deal. Get so, so in this part, you can see how the Lord is setting up David, right? He has no idea. 
He has no clue. So he sets him up on a normal routine job of just delivering food. He gets there, and he's a young kid, and he's looking at him like, man, that's a big guy. And he can hear the tones, right? And he, he hears that part, you know, you know, you get the king's wife, you get some free taxes, and you're probably thinking, well, I mean, you know, that might not be a bad idea, you know. So, um, so in that place, I wonder what was happening to King David's mind at that point. I wonder what he was thinking. When he's listening to Goliath do all that stuff. I wonder what was going through his mind at that very moment. Did he go, you know what? I think I'm going to jump in this fight. I, you know, that's just me. I was just thinking like, what, what was he thinking? Like, what, what entered in his thought process during that time? Like, was he looking at that guy? Like, man, that's a big old guy, man. You know, and I'm not sure whether I want to pick this butter. But I want to keep on going. Okay. And even though, even though David, before he actually said, I'm going to go ahead and join this battle, I'm going to go ahead and do something. How can I reward this? I need to reward this in a way that. I'll restate that a different way. With David, gosh, I lost my thought process. Don't you hate that? No, I appreciate it. No, I just hate losing my thought process because I was trying to go somewhere with it, and he just escaped my mind. So what I'm just going to just go read and then come back to it, if it comes back. So he goes on. It says, but David's oldest brother, Eliab, how David talking to the man, he was hungry. He, he was angry, sorry. He says, what are you doing around here anyways, he demanded. Okay. What about those few sheep you are supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and your deceit. You can just think about how all those venomous wolves that are coming through. You just want to see the battle. Okay. What have I done now? He replies, I mean, what have I done, man? I mean, you know, he's like, man, I'm just here. My dad sent me to come do some stuff. Man, why are you jumping all over my case, man? Like, what's up with that? Okay, so he goes, I was just asking a question. Okay, he walked over to some of the others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Okay, so he sees there's some thought that is starting to happen, right? He's going, wait a minute. Okay, so first he can get a wife, then he can get an exam from taxes. I want to make sure that I'm actually hearing this thing right. So he, who does he go ask? His brother, right? What is his response to his brother? He's mad and irritated. Okay, because the brother's fully insecure, probably. He's mad and irritated. He's like, come on, man. Okay, he goes, I know you, man, you little weasel. Like, you just, you just here to just be deceitful, you know. I know you, man, but you, like, you always do this at home. Why are you here? Stop asking all these questions, right? Then he goes on, you know. Ah, like, da, da, da. So he says, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I will fight him. What in the world? What in the world just happened? He goes to Saul and says what? I'll do it. 
Okay, we want to see what Saul's response is. Okay, we're talking Saul's response is. He goes, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. Don't be ridiculous, man. There is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. Yeah. And he's a man of war since his youth. Basically, it's like, you are crazy, child. Like, you have lost your mind. Like, you can go fight this child. Like, he's been a man of war since his youth. Like, he's been at war. Like, he's been fighting wars even before you were born. You know what I mean? This is his, this is the response. First from his brothers, and then from the king of the land. Okay? I'm going to keep on going. But David persisted. He said, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal's done on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. <laughs> but, oh, buddy, you made the wrong move, man. You should, you should, you should, you should run away when you had a chance. Now I'm going to have to kill you, man. I'm going to have to club you to death. Because so when he turns around, if he, can't, if he turns around and comes over, then I grab by the jaw and I'm bam, bam, bam. That's just, anyways, I love the Bible, man. They got some crazy stories. And it goes, if the animal turns on me, okay, I already read that part. It says, I've done this to both lions and bears. And I will do this, I will do this to the pagan Philistine. Too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me, right? The Lord who rescued me from the claws of what? The lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. All those times that he was in distress and he cried out to the Lord. He realized that the Lord has enlarged me, that the Lord has expanded me. So, therefore, there is a history that I know because in those times I should not have made it, but I'm making it. But I'm here now. And my testimony that I have to you, O King Saul, is because I have seen what the Lord has done when there's nobody around. In that deep, distressful moments, I've seen what the Lord has done. Therefore, I can look at that Philistine and I can say, I can go and take him because the Lord is with me. Because he's rescued me from all the other lions, from all the other bears. He has rescued me, so therefore I know he will rescue me from him. Those times of distress... In our lives. When we allow the Holy Spirit to be Holy Spirit. Those same things is the Lord uses later. To pump us up. So that we can step into another expansion. That was not the only expansion. That was the expansion that David had was in the wilderness. With the sheep and the goats. Right? Now, he doesn't even know that he's going to get expanded again. Get to another level of something else. Get to another level of something else. 
And one of the things that's really important to notice is this. King David never operated from somebody else's identity. He operated from the same identity that the Lord gave him. Meaning that who he was and who he knew the Lord being him, that's where he operated from. He didn't try to go tap on King Saul's anointing. And I'm going to read that. Because King Saul tried to say, you know what, how about you take this for me? Because this might help you. Right? But that's important. Because in those times of distress, you really find out who you really are. Okay, those, that, that stuff comes up. Okay, it's like the way they purify gold, right? All those things come up. And the Lord uses those moments that are so difficult and so distressful to us. To bring all that stuff up and he scoops them right out. We don't scoop them out. He scoops them right out. And what is left to that solely gold? That solely gold is what is left. And from that place of identity of that solely gold that the Lord, that is the same place that David was absolutely operating from. Because he reminded, he goes, listen, King, so you were not there. I killed bears, man. I've killed lions before. I clubbed them to death. So I know that if I can, if he can do that through me, then this can happen too. Okay? Because he had something else in him. There's a different conviction. Okay? It's not a normal reaction. It's not a normal response, people. Okay? We are, we, you know, science-wise, we have that flight thing, right? If there's danger, you want to do what? Run. Your instinct is not, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm going to see here. And... But there was something else that was operating in David at that very moment. And he remembered. And he reminded himself. He wasn't just saying that for King Saul. He was reminding himself. He was going, you know what? I have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So therefore, I shall declare, he has done this. So therefore, he's going to do this. Whatever we went through in 2020, none of that is going to go to waste for us who are believers. Because it's things that the Lord is doing in us, preparing us, and lodging us. Like he was doing stuff, it might not look like it. But that's what I heard the Holy Spirit say. He's been enlarging us. He's been expanding us. So that we know how to respond from that place. Not from the place of insecurity. But responding from what we know the Lord has done. That we have seen. That he has brought us through. That we have witnessed firsthand whether there was somebody there or nobody there. Does that make sense? You and the Lord, you know what he's done in your life. And King David was reminding himself, he has done this part. Because those, like that which was the Lord had put in him, that identity, that goal, that's what was bubbling up. It was not doubt. It was not fear. It was not the failures. It was strictly only the goal that the Lord had just Formed in him. And I wasn't planning to talk about gold, gold, but I don't know. I keep on saying that. All right. I'm doing good time was actually. Hey, look at that. She got the last page.
making, making good progress. Okay. So before I read this part, not only was it important to the Lord that King David, old David, live from that identity that the Lord had created in him. It wasn't just important to King David. It was important to God himself. It's important to God that we live from our identity that he's given us. I want to say that again. It's important to the Father that we live from that identity that he's put in us. Not somebody else's identity. Right? We are God's workmanship. Uniquely made, uniquely created. I'm pretty sure nobody else is going to act like me, Dean. <laughs> but there's nobody else that can bring what you bring. I want you to hear that from the Father's heart. There's, no, there's nobody else that can bring what you have. Nobody. He's not giving that to somebody else. He's giving that identity to you. So that you who are uniquely created in his image can bring that forth. And King David was living from that place. Of him uniquely himself living from that identity. And he said, this is the only identity I'm going to operate in. Not anybody else's identity. Not King Saul's. Not my brother's. But me. And I'm going to read it. In case you don't think the African is making stuff up. I'm going to read it. Okay. I printed it twice. It did something weird there. Miss Florence. I'm going to have to pull my notes out over here. From the phone. So I'm going to skip a few verses here. And it says, then Saul, okay, actually, so he says, Saul, Saul finally consented, consented and said, all right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped a sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. I want, I want to emphasize that part. I'm just going to see it for a little bit. He had never worn that before. It's almost like when we see somebody else's anointing that we want that one. Which does not fit you. That is not what the Lord put in you or on you. I just want to say that over and over again. That is not what the Lord put on you. I am not T.D. Jakes. I love T.D. Jakes. I love his preaching, but I'm not T.D. Jakes. Does that make sense? I am not Bob Jones. Bob Jones is Bob Jones. Okay? Even when I teach at school, I actually teach from just who I am. Like, just me. Like, I don't try to copy another teacher. I'm just me. Like, 
the same person that they see in school, the same person they meet outside school because it's just me. Like they don't, there's not two different people. So, but it's important. I want to emphasize this again. I hear this from the Father's heart. Don't leave off of somebody else's anointing. Leave off the anointing that the Lord has actually given you. Okay? He said that in First John. There is an anointing that each one of us has that is uniquely ours. So here's David getting King Saul's armor. He tries it. He goes, mm, mm, mm. Okay? Because they never won that before. You know, I can't, I can't go in this. I can't do this, man. He goes, I can't go in this. He protested to Saul. Okay, he knew it. He knew who he was. And he goes, Mm-mm, I can't wear this, man. Forget it. You can have it back. He says, I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up, what, five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Okay, he said shepherd's bag, right? He didn't say he was carrying a sword. He put it into his shepherd's bag. He was where? Tending his dad's sheep and goats, right? He was shepherding, and that's where he knew how to kill bears, how to kill lions, right? Club them to death. And the same weapons that he used there that the Lord trained him with, not somebody else's weapons. The same weapons that the Lord said, here's your gifting, here's your talents. Here's how you need to use them. Right? You've got a prophetic gift, this is how you use it. You've got a healing gift, this is how you use it. You have to, you, you know, do you have a prophet's mantle? Here's how you use it. He was operating from that particular part that he had forged with the Lord. The whole entire time. The same, that, that training that he had gone with the Lord. Not somebody else's training, but the training that he had gone in those times of distress. In those different seasons of joy and sadness and hardship, whatever it is. It's the same weapons that he did say, you know what? This is what I know that I'm comfortable with. This is what I'm going to use. Period. Okay. Then armed only with a shepherd's staff and sling. That is just crazy. I already read before what Goliath was like, right? What he was carrying. He already had a person to carry shield in front of him. And that's what he shows up with. And then he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. You guys know the rest of the story. Okay. Bible Sunday, Bible school talks about it all the time. That's what he takes with him. He didn't take anything else. The shepherd's staff, slingshot, a bag. With some smooth rocks, and he shows up in battle. And you know what Goliath did, right? He laughed. He said, am I a dog that you send me a boy to fight me? He was insulted. Totally insulted. Like, what? A boy? And that same boy, using what God gave him? Took down the giant. And all Israel was shocked. All of Israel was shocked. I'm sure King Saul was like, I never thought that could be possible. So I'm going to tie this together. 
the enlargement that David got in the wilderness who was taking care of his daddy's stuff. Right? He got enlarged that when he stepped into this sin, all that stuff that was already in him that has been there for years that the Lord has been cultivating is what came right out of him. Then the Lord takes this other opportunity now with Goliath to expand him some more. Prepping her up to become the next king of Israel. Because out of that, he started like, so we'll hire him. So you hired him army. You're hired. He's my daughter. You're hired. And they started chanting. David has killed his ten thousands, right? And so on and so forth. But you never know what the Lord is doing in those times of distress. You might not fully see the picture. And as I've read it in Ecclesiastes, right? I want to go back to that one more time. Okay. Which is God has made everything beautiful for his own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Even so. So who you were yesterday, you're not that same person today. Who you are today, you're not going to be the same person more. Because the Holy Spirit is taking us from what? Glory to glory. In whatever season it is. I want you to hear that. In whatever season it is, he's taking us from what? Glory to glory to glory. Always enlarging us. Always expanding us. Always preparing us for that part that he's absolutely set for us before we leave this earth. The one unique that he set aside for us to do. He preps us all our lives for that moment. And when we serve that, we'll go be with the Father. So, the cry that I hear from the Holy Spirit is this. There is nothing that is wasted in the kingdom, right? There is nothing that is wasted in our lives. All things, all things do. God does what? Works together for what? For our good. It didn't say some things. It says all things. All things. I know it's a tough word. And I'm speaking from tough seasons that I've gone through. Okay, still going through it. But my wife not feeling well. Those are tough seasons. I'm not going to lie. Very. Very trying. Okay, you really find out what is in you. You really do. So, but is any of these wasted? No. So I want you to hear that. Whether you've lost your job, whether you lost a marriage, whether you have a son or daughter that's run away, whether I mean, I, whatever scenario that you have, the Lord uses all things for our good. And he expands us. He expands us for a greater work. Right? 
Look at that. Finished. Finished. I'm just going to wait on the Holy Spirit. Let's just take a few minutes and just wait on the Holy Ghost. I want to finish with this story. You know, being born in Kenya and stuff like that. And, you know, my mom is a single mom. So my dad, not present. As a matter of fact, if you saw each other on the street, there's no way I'll ever know him. He will ever know me, period. Okay. Like, nothing. But looking back now and realizing Stayed with my uncles a lot. Stayed with my granddad a lot. There's all these father figures that the father put all the way along the way. And even when I came to the United States, it was the same deal. Like in this church, I have many fathers. So for somebody who was fatherless, the Lord gave many fathers to take in me along the way. Pouring into me, and I never knew I love even being the United States. That was not even a thought. I can tell you that. There was not even. No. Never entered my mind. Then on top of that, I didn't know that the Lord wanted me to be a deliverer of his word. That was not even a thought. But my granddad was a praying man. I used to watch him read the Bible all the time. These big old bifocals. Mighty about the Bible, you know, you sit on his lap and he just reads it away. You know. I didn't even say it. You know, I would just sit in his lap and he would read his Bible and I want nothing else. But who knew all that stuff was getting in me? I didn't know. You know? And then the Turing that I got from my uncle. I had an uncle that's a genius in math. I got all this Turing, man. Every, it's, it felt like every weekend, every holiday, every school break, I was at his house just doing math. I thought I was going to die. I was like, oh, gosh, can anybody do that much math? Because I struggled with math. So it was like, but who knew all that time that that was being invested that I ended up being a math teacher? I teach math. (laughs) Thank you. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to bear that crucible. But who knew? I didn't know. I had no idea. So you never know those things that the Lord uses to enlarge you where he will bring you in. 
places that he will put you. Okay, the person that actually hired me for my first teaching career was sitting in this room right there. Mr. Larry Folder. He was the headmaster for Moses Christian Academy. It's the longest interview I've ever been in. <laughs> like talking to somebody. It was like three hours. It was like the Holy Ghost moment. If you know Larry, man, he was crying. He said, oh, this is a crazy thing. And I'm saying, this is such a crazy interview. <laughs> but it was good. Because this is where I touched him. I started my teaching career. Just there. And I started teaching different maths. That's how it was. But I never knew that that was, it was not, I'm sure King David ain't going that bad or going, you know what, I'm going to be fighting a giant today. Just what was in him, the Lord presented opportunity and said, boom. Here's what I've been training you for. All those bears, bam. There's the biggest bear you'll ever see. And he's new. Oh, if I can do that, because the Lord's been with me, oh, I can take care of this guy. Anyways, so you can start the music there, Philip. Yes, Amen. That's true. Do you hear what she said? Our words matter. What we say to ourselves really does help us expand as well. Amen. So that's really, that's all the Lord gave me for today. So I, I have nothing else. So if, uh, if you want further prayer, we can have the ministry team come up. Um, and online people, love you guys. Thank you for, you know, I'm sure you have Google Translate that helps you. <laughs> so you didn't miss anything. You need to pray for the people here. They missed a whole bunch. But, so we thank you, Father. We bless you. We thank you for this time. And we just absolutely bask in your grace, Father. So bless your people richly. As they go this Sunday, as they go during the week, bless them, Lord. And we all say, Amen.